When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you like the great outdoors? Are you or are you looking to be a master bow hunter, king of the hill in archery? You're in the right place. Welcome to Bow Hunter Planet. It's the Bow Hunter Planet podcast, recorded live in the BHP Studios, Detroit, Michigan, with your host, Team BHP. Hey everyone, this is Tim from the Boner Plant Podcast. I wanted to take a moment and thank all of our awesome sponsors. Shout out goes to Vanguard Outdoors, Skullhooker, Racks Inc., Beyond the Years, Crossman, and Stealth Camp. You guys are awesome sponsors. Thanks for your support in the Bowhunter Planet Podcast. Check out these great sponsors when you get them in, and everyone. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the BowhunterPlanet.com podcast. Myself, Dave Thomas, along with Bob McGee, Jamie Noboom, Tim Mazarana, and Kevin Conlon. Thank you for joining us tonight, and uh, we hope you are having a wonderful day and or night and or evening, whatever it is. So we talk a lot about photography on this show, a lot, and uh, we have a good time with it. And we all are photographers here at heart and pretty much in the field, maybe not Bob, but the rest of us do do a lot of photography uh, here. And uh, so in that process, we've met a lot of other photographers in the outdoor industry that are really good at their trade and really cool people. One of those people is uh, Clint Easley. Clint owns Peak Photography, and he is uh, also controls the Hollywood Hunters Media, which is really cool. We're about to get Clint on the phone here, but I wanted to you know, first just say a little bit that um, someone who takes photos in the field, it, it's, it's kind of like for me, it's a magical moment. Like I, I really enjoy doing it. I know the rest of us do as well. And it's just something about capturing something that you know might people later might like really enjoy or getting something out of. Yeah. Uh, as you look around here, even some of the photos we've taken, uh, it's just amazing. It's magical. There's something cool about yeah, well, it. Well, to me, it's a way to, to share your experience of where you've been and that commonality of just like your love for the outdoors in my world. But yep. um, that's what I love, man. It's, it's seeing what everybody else's views are and wanting to see that, you know, yourself. So. Another yeah. thing is when we're old and, you know, decrepit and can't get out in the woods, that's going to be there. Yeah. People will be able sure. to see that. Yep. Yeah, right. Kids will be able yeah. to see it. And, and hopefully it makes a change in the industry and people enjoy it. So, uh, you know, that's my ultimate goal of photography. If, so, if one kid sees one of these pictures and says, oh, man, I want to go outside. It looks fun. That's all you can ask for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the things, big thing. One of the things I like about it is, is <coughs> especially now with digital photography, you can take so many pictures, and it, I'm always thinking, 
when is that one picture going to hit that's mm-hmm. just going to be that that like, shot that, that you've been waiting shot, for? You know? And and everything lines up and you get it in clear focus and I don't know, it's pretty cool. I had a shot in uh, Zion National Park not too long. I caught a, a mule deer leaping over a log, and I caught it. That was pretty cool. <laughs> but the darn thing is, like everything except his head was behind a bush. So you can't see the antlers. But it's like, oh, it could have been the one, you know? Yeah. I think it's a lot. A lot. Of, I don't think people realize the hard work that goes into a good shot, though. Oh, yeah. It is It is. It yeah. is a little bit luck, but it's a lot of bit planning. Oh, yeah. It just is pointing the camera. It is not. It is not. And you can, there's documentaries, there's documentary style photography, which that's what you kind of get is you capture those moments. But in, in like this stuff that we're looking at here, there's a lot of work, a lot of thought that goes into it. It's not just, ooh, that looks good, point, click. Yep. You know, type of thing. For sure. And I think that's one of the things like just happened to us recently. We were out in the field taking pictures and, um, I was doing something, and I, and I remember I gave John Sear the camera. I said, hey, you know, just grab a couple shots. John instinctively, instantly dropped to the ground, on, laid on his back, and was getting these shots. And, like, in the end, those shots are so amazing. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, that's amazing. You know, it's, it's, it's smart in his mind that he preset that in his mind. Like, oh, if, if that guy gives me the camera, I'm going to do this, this, and this mm-hmm. instantly. And he knew from previous ones he's done shots like that that looked sick. And I, I love that. I love that when you get dirty for a shot or you just go above and beyond for it's a about, shot. It's about, yeah, your willingness cool. to get dirty. It really is. No, it that's is. a great point. you got Absolutely. to get in a position where yeah. you're not level with the person or yeah. too far above yeah. them, but, you know, right in the right well, spot. If, everybody, if, if you took a picture the way everybody else could see it, nobody else would care because every, yeah. 99% of it would just be common. Yeah. you got to show people what nobody else can see. Absolutely. I think that's what it is. The magical side like of bow hunting. Can- all those too. Canada pictures we took. Oh, my gosh. Those are so amazing. You, I, I go Kevin back took and, one of me in this little opening. Yeah. All these cool trees spot. around I remember me, that picture. You could see the water and stuff behind that's, me. And that's a great got, photo. got like, my head down. Yeah. I remember that picture. I, I, I could see You guys should all get that tattooed it. on your back. <laughs> are you going to sign it? <laughs> I know one thing. When, you're, <laughs> when you are, like, I'm doing a lot of traveling now, and I'm trying to take photographs, but when you're with somebody, you really got to go off and be by yourself because, yeah. like, like my wife has no concept of, like, yeah. come on, let's go. Let's yeah. go. No, I'm waiting time. for just the right thing, you know, and mm-hmm. and it's just, I, I finally I just like, okay, I'm going to take you back, and then I'm going to go out with camera, and I'll see you in a couple hours, you know. So without further ado, we're just going to tap in Clint here and then uh, see what's up. With his photography, how he does his stuff. And, yeah, I like uh, some of the lighting on this. Yeah, it looks awesome. I think he used a flash or something to get that. Of course. Dave Thomas. Hey, how's it going, man? It's going good, buddy. How you doing today? Good. Welcome to the greatest show. Good to have you. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm excited to be on here. I appreciate you giving me the time. Yes. Uh, so on the phone, just so you know, we got Kevin Conlon, Tim Mazzarana. Hey, man. Bob McGee, How you doing? Jamie Noboom, and myself. We do have you in the middle here, so it, you have to listen really hard because sometimes it's hard to hear. Hey, I try to hey. put you in the middle. All good. All good. Let me know if you guys We are rapid fire all, all the time. Yeah, we're always moving. So, um, <laughs> Clint- I'm ready for the ping pong tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey, where are you at right now? Don't I say in the bathroom. 
hour and a half north of Seattle and an hour and a half south of Vancouver. Oh, man, I'm coming out. Oh, wow. Yeah, that sounds like a heck of an area. How many many national parks within an hour and a half of you? You know what? I've got three national parks. That's a good question. I'm right here by uh, the Cascades, the Olympics, and Mount Rainier. Wow. I'm coming to see you. Better yet, how many sunny days do you actually get there? Like two? <laughs> how, how many days of sun on average? Two days a year? What do, what do you get? You know, we actually get quite a bit. Summertime here is legit. You really get a ton of beautiful summer summer days. And in the wintertime, fall season, you get more overcast than you're seeing rain. I know the rumor is rainy days. That's fun. Very cool, man. Very cool. So we're just we're actually we're we're uh, on your website right now, kind of checking out some of your uh, some of your gallery, and uh, you, you got us talking about one of one of the subjects that are you know near and dear to our heart, which is photography. I mean, we all the guys at the table mm-hmm. here we're all involved with um, you know BHP, which we Whoa. do a lot of photography with. But this stuff that you're putting out, man, holy cow! And kind of look, what I want to know yeah. is what's your background? How did you get into photography? How did you learn about photography um you know tell, tell us a little bit about your history <laughs> yeah you guys will crack up when you kind of hear it played out so i went to school for architecture i wanted to be an architect that was kind of always my passion to start out and i did that for eight years straight out of college i got hired probably three months before I even graduated and along the way i just felt like i had slack code to the point where I was like, I need to change something up. I need something, some new spice in my life. So I picked up a camera one day and started just playing around with it, which led into me doing some headshots for friends, birthday parties, a random wedding. And one day I went on a hike to uh, do some headshots for a buddy of mine up in California, just above the Hollywood Hills area right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the name of the canyon I was in offhand, but... Um, when I headed up there to do this shoot, I got to the top and I ran into a gentleman named Freddie Hartice, who's the guy I now work with for the past nine seasons of Hollywood Honor. And as you're up there, I took some pictures of him and his wife and he asked me for the images. So I gave him my email address and he emailed me probably about a week later. And at the bottom, it's, you know, there's this hollywoodhunter.com website link in his email. Address. I was like, who is this guy? Huh. So I click on it. And he's holding this huge velvet mule deer buck. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, there's a hunter in California. I thought I'd never have any. <laughs> <laughs> you, you found him, eh? Avocados and venison. <laughs> <laughs> you got to trade one or the other, right? <laughs> so I grew up. I grew up in Washington State, moved to California. And I, I was at that point where I'm like, I'm going to either give up hunting and pursue architecture, or I just don't know if I'm going to have many hunting buddies here. So I was like, I'll just roll with the punches. And I found Freddie by pure accident. And um, I reached out to him in an email. I was like, bro, I don't know what you're doing with that mule deer, but I got to take you to lunch and pick your brain because I need some hunting buddies in California. So I got to looking up in the area between our addresses. I was like, all right, I got to find somewhere masculine. It's got to be hearty food. So I found a barbecue joint, and I was like, this is the spot. I'm going to bring my hunting buddy, Freddie Hartpipe, to this spot and just hash it out with him. So we had lunch, and he told me, hey, I'm starting a hunting show. And I was like, what? Starting a hunting show? You shoot mule deer? 
I'm here doing photography in California with an architecture degree. How do I get my foot in the door with you? So he just basically threw it at me. He's like, well, I need a field camera guy. And I was like, well, I'm just a photographer. I'm in the learning phase. What do I need to do to, like, like become a part of this more deeply? He said, I know a guy that's selling a camera, a video camera. He lives in Oklahoma. Here's his contact info, and we kind of just, Went separate ways on a good note and left it at that just to kind of see if I was interested, I think. So without him knowing, I reached out to this gentleman. His name was Tom Cartwright, an amazing guy. Uh, taught me for two days. I flew out to Oklahoma, and he taught me for two days how to run this camera that I purchased from him. And I come back, and I knock on Freddie's door, and I'm just like, hey, bud, how's that uh, opportunity still looking to become a camera guy with you? So I think... That kind of blew him away, the fact that I went and took those extra steps to show him how badly I wanted to work for the show. So he gave me an opportunity, and from that, that's expanded my outdoor photography. That's kind of like the acceleration part of my business that took me in that direction. And then I also shoot weddings. I shoot real estate, and I used to do a lot of food photography on the side. It was just kind of... Different gigs were thrown at me, and I'd always say yes to everything so I could just keep acquiring those skills and shooting all different environments, different people, different products, and things really helped to sharpen sharpen the skills, I suppose. So how, how scary was it making that transition from, like, a, an architecture, right, where, where there's a, there's an industry for it, there's a steady paycheck for the most part for it, into something in. that is, like, very passionate, but you have no yeah. clue whether or not you're going to make money at and you guys would laugh at me because I still owe $10,000 for my architecture degree right now. <laughs> um, and I jumped, yeah, I kind of jumped in both feet, had a, had a serious powwow with the wife, like, hey, I'm really passionate about this. I can't believe this opportunity has been thrown in my lap to be involved in the hunting industry, to be able to do photography and videography for it. Like, what do you think the pros and cons are? So we really went through that whole writing things down on paper, trying to figure it out. And I have an amazing wife that's been super, super supportive. I travel about probably 125 to 150 days a year doing video for the show. So she's just kind of always been my backbone and support me on the decision. She's like, hey, if it's something you're passionate about, just keep going after it because at the end of the day, it's worth, worth waking up for and you're going to be a lot more energetic about it. Just make sure you come back and spend time with us when you when you have the freedom to do so. That's cool. awesome. <clears throat> so, you yeah, know. She, she's a hard one to find. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that happens. Um, <laughs> So with all these pictures, you know, you know, my favorite thing, Clint, to talk about, and we've talked about already, but is the is the the type of cameras, the lenses. So I guess what what's in your bag? Sure. What's in your artillery bag over there? What's, what's your go to? What's your go to, and what's what's some of the things you're always playing with over there? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So as far as being camera guy, always working with the tech stuff, I use a Nikon D800. I started with a Nikon D300S. It was the first um, HD video Nikon camera that was kind of hot on the market at the time. And when you first invest, you're like, I got to get the best of the best. I'm going all in. And um, from that, I branched to the D800. It, I bought it refurbished, and I loved it so much. I'm, I know a lot of people probably jump ahead, and they want the fanciest one that they know of. 
that does the best of the best. So if you just get a good lens, you got a natural eye for the type of photography you're doing, I think you're going to fall in love with the D800. And then I usually shoot, uh, I've got a 70 to 200, uh, 24 to 70, and a 10 to 24. I do a lot of real estate photography with, so you can get those wide shots of room. Um, and we use the Canon, uh, what was it? Canon 5D Mark III with a 105 to 600 to get a lot of wildlife shots. So I kind of bounce between brands. If I were to pick one or the other, I'd go Nikon just because it's, it's an extension of my hand at this point. I use it all the time for all my own gigs. But we have the Mavic Pro drone we dabble with. Um, and I haven't tempered too much with Sony. Don't. I love it. I love, it. <laughs> I love all of it. Don't do it. You'll be broke. Don't do it. It's, is it a rabbit hole or what? Oh, Sony's an amazing rabbit hole. It's one of my favorite cameras. In fact, yeah. I was Are just going to say, yeah. Go when Tim and I were at our last photo shoot this just recently, um, we pulled out, we had two Sonys there. We had the Sony A7 full frame mm -hmm. and the Sony A7S II, which we use for video more, but I, I decided just to pull it out anyway because sure. it's full frame. And I would say that, out of, and I have we had the Canon 5D Mark IV there, um, and obviously these all have different lenses and stuff, but I would suggest that uh, through all the pictures we took, the Sonys were definitely the best color. And uh, without correcting, uh -huh. without correcting, which is important if you want to save time, um, Sonys to my in my mind are just dominating that area. I, I just they have so much to offer in each camera that like Tim Tim's got the sure. Tim's got the original A7 we bought and that thing still produces amazing, amazing photos pictures. like yeah. I mean it's still 24 megapixel yeah. or 20 it's somewhere right in there but yep. it is pumping out amazing photos we have a 6D mm -hmm. which we still use cuz that's full frame so yeah. what we did is we aligned with Canon lenses and Sony lenses but we more have Sony than we have Canon right now but we don't want to put more into this Canon side cuz we don't need much more we have a super tele we have a a, a, far, a far one we have short ones. We have wide ones. That's all we need for that. And Sony, we've been playing around with yeah. more of the video because Sony's video is, in my opinion, dominant because the 4K isn't huge files like the, the Canons. And I will so, say Sony's probably a little bit harder to deal with from a photography side yeah. sometimes when you have the different lenses on there. Right. It's not as fast, but, I yeah, will say that. Yeah, true. In, in Canon, and we don't have much experience with Nikon. We've never really been in no, Nikon. No, we couldn't um, do them all. Yeah. Well, yeah. should I? <laughs> See, okay, so first of all, I just want you to know how much money you're going to cost us, by the way, because what's going to happen after this you call guys, is Dave's going to go online, he's going to look at your photo, which we're doing already, but he's going he's gonna, to you know, look at all these YouTube yeah, videos awesome. about Nikon cameras, and all of a sudden I'm going to get a text yeah. message that say, hey, Tim, you got a camera showing up in your house, and I'm going to be like, what the hell? i got a camera showing up in my house. I also have a negative bank account, buddy. <laughs> oh, that's great. And you you know, you'll run into a lot of people. Everyone's got a different shooting technique, right? I'm, I learned from the school of YouTube. I'm self-taught. I, I didn't take any classes other than just trying to watch videos of what people have done in learning themselves through YouTube. And all of my, all of my photography, when I shoot something, I'm really strict about the composure. How am I framing that mm -hmm. shot? And then from there, it, you know, it just depends on what lens I have at the time, what yeah. I'm shooting. But if I'm out for landscape stuff, you're going to have your wide angle so you can capture as much of that landscape as possible. And then definitely trying to take advantage of those beautiful soft light times today that, that 
morning, That's sunrise, or that yeah. evening, sunset. Well, yeah. I think you hit on the head with composure, too, because I, so I, I, I grew up, and uh, you, you don't know my, my background, but I grew up in the videography realm. My dad owned a videography company. Okay. My, uh, basically, my whole entire life doing wed- weddings, events, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so I started working behind a yep. video camera at about age 14. Uh, probably younger than that, but I can't say that on the air because of child labor laws. Um, <laughs> but that was the one thing that, that you know, I was just pounded and grounded and pounded into my head is composure within the, the frame. Because if you're, if you're not, if you don't have it composed just right, like I, I was taught to break the, break the image up into thirds and your eyeline should be at the first third. And, you know, if you're, if they're talking to the left, they should be at the right third and that kind of stuff. So, but, but if you, if you don't have that composure, right, your focus, when you look at something yep. goes completely off and, and it doesn't matter how clear it is. It doesn't matter how good your lighting is. Nobody's looking at what they should be looking at no. within that picture. And it's simple to make that right, mistake because right. even left to right, yeah. If you're tilted slightly, yeah, it's off. And I remember, I'll never forget this, because uh, one time, a lot of times when we film test lab, we kind of self-film it. I, I go behind the camera, I set it up, and I go behind the thing, and it just it's recording, and I just start going. Because it's not really a two-man job. You don't have to have two people. But I remember Tim was here one time, and mm-hmm. he said, you're not lined up right. And I'm like, no, it looks fine. He goes, dude. He goes, look at the look at the piece of wood across the top. Like use that as your line because it's like a line. It's a mm-hmm. straight line. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good point. And it's like <laughs> off by inches, you know, where it's going to be on an angle. So in post, I would have had to spin it slightly, right? Then everything looks a little bit weird. And then like Tim's saying, you lose that that you know where your eye should go. <laughs> yep. One of the things though that's really yep. tricky, Clint. And I don't know if how you deal with this, but uh, Kevin has been really pushing this side of the envelope for us since lighting, and in lighting. It is it is very difficult and very very tricky and it takes a lot of playing around from what I've noticed and when we're in the mm-hmm. field um, just this recent one we used the on camera flash and that was a big mistake because there was no way to get that flash to work without overdoing it to the person in it now in past times right. I've used remotes with the flash and put flashes behind the the, the guy and behind trees and that worked like. <laughs> unbelievable beauty beauty but you're talking three flashes going off in the forest you know mounted with Mm -hmm. remotes throughout the thing it's a lot more setup and a lot of time and effort but the shots turn out and have their their own sweet look that are just absolutely stunning but how do you deal with lighting i guess i for me yeah it's a good question a lot of stuff for my shots i love natural light especially when you're thinking hunting right you kind of want to keep things natural because something's got that natural vibe but if I'm doing something, for instance, um, like Chuck Testa, I went and photographed him. You might be familiar with him from his commercial. No, Chuck Testa on YouTube, the viral video. <laughs> yeah, I think he's so, a, yeah. He's a, super, he's a super, super talented taxidermist, Ojai Valley taxidermy, and I went and photographed him, and I was playing around with strobes in the room, and you might even see some of those shots on the site. But doing, uh, I use pocket wizards. And I'll set those up probably two strobes, sometimes three, but typically I'll do two. I like a little backlit behind the subject and then one that I set about a 45-degree angle off to my right or to my left, depending on which direction I'm shooting for that rule of thirds, right? So if your subject is – if you're looking at the image straight on, like you're looking at a computer screen, and your subject is on the left side of the screen looking to the right, I'm going to put that camera light off to the right side pointed over towards them so they're looking into that light to complement their structure their face 
or whatever that subject is. So you got to kind of remember that little opposite side of the light factor, unless you're going to get a little artsy, but that, and then opposite of the light that you put off to the right, go back behind your subject to the left side and then kick the light onto their back shoulder, hair light, things like that. And I seem to get the best shot. So are they, are they basically, so what you're saying, are they pointing at each other or one's kind of like face on and one's at an angle? Yeah. To say it normal and smart, that's exactly what they're doing. They're pointing right at each other. Okay. And that, that, that's mainly to get rid of the shadows. So you don't have that kind of shadow yep. effect and you get those like hot spots within the photo. Right, right. And you're going to have your key light, obviously. The one that's off to your right or to your left, right next to you that you're using for the subject, you want that key light to be a little bit more dominant in brightness versus the light on the back that's just adding a little pop. And what that light behind them is doing is just separating your subject so they don't bleed into this background for one big dark area. And another thing for natural light that I like to do is I take my subject and I will set them, let's say, a doorway. For instance, you get your, your dark into your house. It's a bright, sunny day outside. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing some sort of portrait shot, you can put a subject right in that doorway. They're looking out into this beautiful natural light, but they have that dark area behind them. And then you create that aperture, that small number aperture, like a 2.8, and blur out that backdrop. And then they're getting this gorgeous catchlight from the sky or from the bright that they're looking into outside. That's another thing to kind of consider when you're doing natural light photography. Hey, Clint, I, I got a question. I'm going to ask you about a photo, and I don't know if you'll remember this one, but it's probably. You have like um, six hunters lined up. Pink background. Pink background. The, um, you know, it looks like a morning shot or something like that. And they're kind of like, uh-huh. they're yeah, like they're darkened out, almost yeah, like silhouettes, kind of yeah. like a band of brothers kind of thing. But you got the grass okay. lit up somehow. Do you know which photo I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you yeah, do that? Let me Truck? See. I think I can remember that one. So that one I did, that was for a Badlands shoot. We yeah, it looks like, it's, yeah, it's Badlands. Okay. Yeah. So sometimes you've got different materials in your shots. That'll, that'll absorb that light. And what I did is I had two strobes in the grass oh. behind them yeah. and nothing in the front. And that's just a total natural sunset that. that was back in the background. That is, so, that is and so the camera, the right camera shutter is shutting down Beautiful. because of the light in the background. That's how you silhouetted it. Yeah. yeah. So before you even turn your, before you turn your strobes on for a shot like that, you want to make sure you have your exposure set to focus on the sunset. Okay. Yeah. Then you set your strobes up, and you can accommodate the brightness of your flashes to balance out with whatever that skylight is. Man, that's because that that's that cool. to me, I mean, that shot, that's the, the shot. technicality of that shot is absolutely amazing. Because to me, you can <laughs> so easily. You could so easily get those hot spots because of the strobe lights compared to the background light that you have. That if you're not doing it exactly yep. like you said, like the the whole shot's over, and you got to try and fix it in post production, which is almost impossible because you lose all the detail. Correct, Clint. I think we need. Correct. I think we need to. Wanna... Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say you also want to make sure you hide those strobes so uh, one of the bodies of the people or a subject is blocking it, so right. then you yeah. only get that silhouette lighting. 
Yeah, that's sweet. Clint, I think we need a. I think on that picture, Clint, you need to print it. We want to print it, so we'll pay for that. And I want you to sign it and send it in. We want to put that on the wall in the Heck podcast yeah, room. Man, I think that's that, a sweet. That picture. is one of the best photos. I mean, you got a lot of good photos. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm not saying that, but that, that is. alone is just that, think, that's uh, a crazy, crazy photo. Yeah, let us know the cost to print that thing and get it to us. We definitely want to put that up in the room because that's a cool photo. One of the coolest ones I've seen in a long time. Just, just out of curiosity, another photo Blake, you got. Did, did you do some photos at uh, Grand Teton National, uh, at the Grand Tetons? The Tetons? The, the Tetons? Grand Tetons. Yeah. Yes, yes, I did. That uh, one with, that one with. you get familiar with Mormon Row? I got that same shot, man. <laughs> Kevin got that I shot, too. That. I looked at that, I go, I did that shot. The one where that's uh, like an old barn in the, the mountains in the background. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So when I went and shot that, I heard that somebody told me in town that that is the number one most photographed location in the United States. Oh my God, we gotta do, we gotta do a head to head. I I have that same photo, but I like I like the way you did it. You did it in black and white. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that place. It's amazing. And if, for those people that haven't been to Mormon Row. It's just outside of Jackson Hole. Yep. With the yep. Tetons there. The goal is to get there at sunrise because there's going to be a line of people. I don't know if you guys ran into that situation also. I was there more in the evening with my wife bugging me that we got to get going. <laughs> 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 so I went and scouted it at nighttime the night before. And just so I know where I'm driving early in the morning. Because half the time you wake up early for those sunrise shots, you're not all awake. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, what I always try to do is approach the same shot, especially if you see it on Instagram or or you or it's an iconic location. Like I try to think outside the box of what is something someone hasn't done yet. Whether you use a few strobes in the shot off to the side to pop some light on a spot that they can't naturally do that, just showing up with a camera, mm-hmm. and then framing it differently. I did one other shot. There's a black and white, and I did a color one with a fence post in the foreground. And then the pop of light in the water. So just trying to change it up, give people an opportunity to see it in a different way. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's a good idea because I didn't recognize it. Kevin did, but I didn't. I didn't recognize that. Yeah, I saw it right away. I had to, I had to wait through a busload of uh, of people from uh, Japan to try to get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to try to try to finally get them to leave so I could get a shot. That's awesome. Yep. Kevin and I are actually going uh, out going week. out west soon, so I'm excited to get back into landscape photos and get get shooting out there. We're going to uh, south. We're going to South Dakota. You guys are welcome to come over here to Washington anytime. We got the guest room with your name written on it. Nice. Well, I, I'm I'm in the process yep. of trying to visit every national park in the United States, and probably within the bucket next, list within the next probably next summer, I'm going to be doing a trip out to Washington, Oregon, because I've never been out there. Oh man. Yeah, so. Oh, and one one quick one quick name drop for you guys to look up. It's Chris Douglas Photo on Instagram. I went and hung out with him yesterday at the Filson headquarters in Seattle. That guy is amazing. He's just kind of a big inspiration for me, and I, I always like to kind of keep tabs on you know photographers that inspire me. What's he shooting, Nikon? Some new ideas. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I don't know what camera he was using. I didn't ask him. I was just so excited to get to hang out and, and learn more about what he had going on. He got hired as the creative director for Hilton, so I was picking his cool. brain a little bit and welcoming him to the Washington State. Yeah, that's great. That's really exciting. Um, 
Yeah, it's fun. I, I think it's cool, and I, you know, in our in our role here, we've we've made a lot of friends in the industry of the outdoors. And uh, every time I turn around, another friend of mine takes over a company or something happens. So it's exciting for us because we get to help out with photography here and there. And you know, and like you said, it's just yeah. And the thing about photography I love is that there's really no, in my opinion, competition in that sense because every shot helps and every shot is different. No one takes the exact same shot. And that's one of the things about like this right. picture Kevin noticed to the Tetons is that, you know, it's, it's the same picture, but really it's not. Cause it looks completely different to me. The one he took that he showed me, which I'll send you. Cause it's a really cool picture. He did a really good job on it. Yeah, but it. that picture is, is amazing, you know, but when you see his and you see yours, I, I couldn't even tell at all. That's the same spot. You know, I, I no idea. And that's the same with a bow company or a, or a you know a, a Garmin device or something, right? It, no matter who has it, you're doing different stuff. You know, it's always a little bit different, right. or slightly off, or you know. Um, but yeah, it's exciting. But yeah, man, are you have you ever been to Detroit area? You definitely need to get out this way. I I feel guilty. I have never been over to D- Detroit yet. No, oh, we'll, man. we'll take you up to the up 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 Lake in the Pines. Lake in the Clouds. Lake in the Clouds. Lake I haven't been there either. Mountains, yeah. I would like to go myself. So, Absolutely. Clint, if you're coming, we can make a tour for photography. That'd be awesome. Yeah, there's a there's a. Um... Let's lock it in. Dude, that Let's would be really in. cool. Kevin's got there's a motorhome. We there's just a, drive around in that. There's a, there's a place called <laughs> the Pictured Rocks National Seashore. Mm, that's, absolutely amazing. It's a uh, photographer's paradise. If you're a kayaker, amazing oh. for kayaking too, and doing some. That's what we should as well. do. We should do a photography tour in the RV. That'd be That'd awesome. Be that would be cool yeah. all around Michigan. Just Tuquamanon Falls. Yeah. I mean, you just. I, I, that'd be fun. That'd, that'd be a great we collaboration. Could, we could pick like Clint that. up in Traverse City. They have a little airport, don't they? You could fly into there. Mm-hmm. Now you'll have to silhouette all of our faces out because we're all ugly. <laughs> yeah, I'm not hey, ugly. The time, <laughs> I, I'll tell you right now that the, the time to come is the fall. Too. Oh, the fall would be because beautiful. Our weather in the fall and the color change is uh, just pretty fun. Yeah, it's pretty gorgeous. It, it would definitely be a good time. I don't know what, you know. It, it, uh, now, okay, so let's talk about that. What's your schedule with the Hollywood Hunter stuff? Like, how's that work? When do you start working there and, and do you travel with them everywhere? Or, you know, how's that work? Yeah, so I'm 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 super grateful. Freddie's blessed me with a, a little bit of flexibility there because I work with him about 250 days a year, and then wow. I do my own photography stuff off to the side for peak photography. And when I'm traveling with Freddie, because I'm producing and shooting for the show with him, so we have a lot of moving parts. We're headed to New Brunswick, Canada, to film a uh, black bear hunt cool. this month, actually June 24th through the 30th. So I do a lot of the pre-planning coordination to get us there, get the whole team organized, pack up all the camera gear. Um, and then once we shoot over there, it's full steam ahead, trying to make sure we're building story, filming everything, doing interviews. And probably by the end of it, I, I travel an extra 25 to 30 days just for my photography outside of shooting locally. Very um, cool. And I, like I said, I'm on my, Ninth, this year will be my ninth season with Freddie, all from going on a simple hike. I've been <laughs> working with him for nine years. That's and awesome. he's a great dude to work with. He's got a 3,500-acre um, ranch in southern Colorado, smack dab in the middle of the state called the Hartice Ranch. 
wow. you guys can actually, I put a lot of images up there too. It's at Hartice Ranch on Instagram. So he and I manage that page and put a lot of imagery from the ranch on there. That's cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, so between Colorado, he's a Pennsylvania boy. So between those two locations, we're, we're filming in some areas just to get some variety for the show because I think people probably get a little burnt out if they only see one species being pursued all the time. So we've had trips to Africa, Alaska, and some other beautiful spots in the States just trying to get in the moose hunt, the deer hunt, the bear hunt. Where, uh, where was your personal favorite place to, to go? Uh, I would put Alaska on there. Africa was fantastic. It's a whole different end, but I think Alaska really set the bar for me. I love Alaska. It's kind of that iconic spot you want to go. You get those beautiful mountain ranges. You got to work hard for your hunt. And I think you get a lot more of that emotion, a lot more of those cool organic shots from people that are putting themselves through those tough terrains. Very cool. You know, I, was excited. I have no no disrespect for a hunting ranch. I love the fact that we run a, we run a great outfit there, and that's how we get a lot of our content. Is clients will come to the ranch in Colorado to hunt, and then in agreement, we are able to film their hunt and incorporate it into the show. Very cool. Wow. So, I would like to. I would like to go to ranches yeah. just take pictures of deer. Yeah. <laughs> Even if I oh, snap the picture. That's, yeah. Well, and that, that's part of the hunting, you know, stuff that we do is that like you self film. Like, we do a lot of self filming of our own hunts, and uh, part of it is like you know you see something really cool coming in. You're like, ah, do I even want to pick up my bow or do I just want to shoot it with my camera? <laughs> it's it's yeah. a tough decision sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it is. Sometimes it There's does. That, the struggle is real. Mm-hmm. The struggle is real, especially doing video. And you want to switch to photo mode? You're like, do I ruin this video? Right. Yeah. Right oh yeah. <laughs> no doubt. That no, happens no, all the time, man. Constant tug of war trying to get to it. That yeah, is definitely so. Uh, that's cool, man. So, uh, hey, check out. Uh, so, your website was a clint.peakphotography.biz, right? Is that right? Yeah, you can actually type in peak, like mountain peak, p e a k photography.biz, and that'll take you to my site. For some reason, it'll throw up that clint.peakphotography.biz when you do the search button. That'll get you there, and then it's at peak photography on Instagram as well. Awesome, awesome, man. Well, hey, Clint, really thanks a lot, stuff. man. Thank you. We appreciate it. And, uh, hey, be safe this year out there. And uh, I will definitely – don't forget to get us that picture. I want it. And then also uh, I'm going to get you a picture of Kevin's because I think it would be cool to see it from a different point of view, you know, how he did it compared yeah, to you. Yeah, I, I love that. <laughs> All right, man, we'll awesome. see you next time. Thank you guys for email off the side. Thank you so much. All right, Thank thanks. You. We'll see you. Hey guys, can't get enough of the Boner Plant Podcast? You need more episodes? Well, check us out on Patreon.com. Go to Patreon.com slash BHP Podcast to join the Golden Arrow Club and get exclusive access to new episodes every week. Celebrating the rich tradition of bow hunting for over 31 years, Vanguard is proud to be the official optic and hunting pack of Bowhunter Planet. Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.